0: Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host,
1: Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Mike Zinn. And Mike is a life coach whose story specializes... Well, he specializes in, in Catholic faith life coaching, and his story will exemplify why that is. Before we go any further, let me just stop for a moment. Mike, would you mind opening us in a brief word of prayer? In the name of the Father,
0: Son, Holy
1: Spirit, amen.
0: Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for this opportunity today that you have brought me to Christ Cathedral for this interview. Hopefully, Lord, the information that I'm passing on will help others as we do all things All service in your name. Name of the Father, Mm -hmm. Son, Holy
1: Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Mike comes to us from St. Cecilia's Parish, where you have been for quite some time. I understand that you moved to Orange County several years ago, but you didn't grow up as a Catholic originally. Mike, tell me just a little bit about yourself, your story, and why it is that you became a Catholic life coach. I grew up, Rick, uh, as a Methodist,
0: not a what I would call a serious or highly involved Methodist, probably was looking for something, didn't know maybe what it was, met my wife, big Catholic family, went and was exposed to some masses. It all kind of seemed to make sense. I told her that I was thinking about converting she said don't do that and think just because you did it you're going <laughs> to uh, you're going to marry me i said nope that that wasn't the the thought and uh it's been a wonderful experience to be in the catholic church and especially at saint cecilia where there are so many opportunities to serve great leadership in the in the parish great parishioners and uh, i feel blessed every day
1: What is interesting, and we were talking before the show, I was originally born into a Methodist household as well, and we probably went to church about as often as your family did, which was once, twice a year uh, on good years. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But that Methodist background is interesting. Amongst the non-Catholic Christians that are out there, theologically, uh, Methodists believe in... The idea that you your faith is what gets you into the queue, so to speak, for salvation, but you do have to live it out. It's a little bit more so that direction than, say, some of the more evangelical or Lutheran mm-hmm. types. So it wouldn't shock me. I mean, your wife, knowing you, you're a nice guy, which means you're probably married up. <laughs> And so she probably was wise in giving you the advice, don't marry, don't get come to the Catholic Church just because. But it very well could be that you really did have a bug because you may have had some seeds planted even in the Methodist Church to go Catholic. Yeah. Some some Methodists may be thinking about that. They might want to look at the Catholic Church yes. to get the full exposure to Jesus Christ. But anyway, absolutely. so we, we've left you now at the altar. Uh, <laughs> you You get married. What happens with your life? Well, I I was always wanted to be, even way back, I was the
0: kid in the neighborhood who was always forming teams and forming leagues and trying to get kids involved in in sports. So I was kind of coaching then. So my first professional uh, position after I graduated from college was teaching and coaching at the high school level. Oh, wow. What did you coach? I coached basketball. All right. I taught in the classroom, primarily uh, health, uh, health and safety, they called it in those days, moved on to college coaching college teaching and then uh athletic administration
1: okay let me let me back up for a moment so you did college basketball coaching correct okay now of course i used to be i'm i'm six foot seven and i no actually i'm about five foot six but i so i've never been all that athletic but you don't have to be athletic to coach so it probably helps i take it you did basketball when you were younger sure sure but um you moved into administration why would you do that It was
0: actually a little bit of a fluke. The athletic director went on a sabbatical. I took over as athletic director and and basketball coach. Really enjoyed that time. And unfortunately, you were competent. That that kind of, I think, maybe launched me into (laughs) the business world. Oh, wow. Where I was involved for a number of years in sales and marketing with uh, athletic footwear and apparel companies, the Converse, Fila, Adidas's of the world, which are household names.
1: Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the 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 track shoes running shoes um sports shoes. Absolutely. Okay. You didn't stay doing that though. I I didn't uh at one time I ju- you
0: know I felt like I had done that quite a bit the travel was kind of starting to wear on me. So my wife and I started a fitness company. Okay. Uh we were doing individual clients, we were involved with some some group clients. Uh, my wife was specializing in seniors, which she still does in not only their recreation kind of, uh, care, but also with, with fitness. She got a certificate in that. Okay. Kept that going for a while, uh, bought a company that is, was called Aqua Bells, uh, which is travel fitness company. But something I guess maybe was tugging at me again just prior to COVID. And that was take all of these, roll them into one and, Maybe get into life coaching.
1: Okay, so when we say roll it into one, we're talking Catholic faith, teaching, administration, entrepreneurship, and striving towards success. Did I kind yes. of name that all? I off? think I think you did. Yes. And so you're you're kind of equipped to be able to do that. That sounds like an expensive thing to do. I don't necessarily want to go into how much you you charge, but is this something that's a sustainable entrepreneurship?
0: It is, you know, and I'm lucky that I'm not. 25 and probably, you know, need more money at that point. So it was just everything was aligned. Um, and I believe, I believe God continues to put, put great opportunities in front of me to, to do service through this, this business, whether it be married couples, engaged couples, couples who are neither, and just working with clients on one on one on whatever issues they might have, career oriented, um, They might be taking a different career path. They're looking for something in their life that's a little bit different that might have been caused in part by COVID. So it's been a strong business for me.
1: It continues to grow, and there continues to be great opportunities. Okay, but we didn't bring you on here to make an infomercial for for (laughs) Brinkson's business. I have an article in front of me that was published in the OC Catholic, which uh, under Catholic School News from I think it was like April 3rd or something like Mm -hmm. that, Is about a youth leader, Patrick Hassett or Hassett. Do you you know Hassett? Hassett. Uh huh. And Patrick is at St. Cecilia's and he is something like a student of the year or something like that. Am I kind of on the right track? Absolutely. So you're a life coach. Why did you write this article about an eighth grader? Well, I, you know, one of the things I oh, love... and by, by the way, before we go any mm-hmm. further, Patrick, if you're listening, congratulations. I, I'm very... I read the article. You've done an awful lot. All right. I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead, Mike. No, no, no. That's okay. I always have liked to write, and I
0: do some blog writing on my, my website, but one of the things that I'm fascinated by is leadership or lack thereof, and so, you know, when you look at great leadership from years and years past... What makes them tick? What are their personality traits? And then you see some things that go on in the world and you say, gosh, we really need more positive leadership. I thought, what better way to maybe dive into this more and develop it more would be with our youth? And so I reached out to the OC Catholic, uh, Patty Mahoney, said, I have this idea for a series of articles that we can feature various schools in the uh, in the diocese and have have us target individual students who are doing great things, some of them almost unsung heroes, people that do things and aren't looking for the accolades.
1: Okay, so let's take a look at what we've got here. This particular student at St. Cecilia's, he's on his way after this year to Servite, and I happen to to know some people at Servite, and I know some people who used to teach at Servite who moved out of state. Uh, Servite's a great school. Absolutely. And it's a good boys' school. There's got some fantastic stuff going on. This kid has done quite a bit. What can you tell me about Mr. Hassett? Well,
0: I think with with Patrick, and this is what, you know, when I kind of go through this process, I talk to the principal, I talk to, you know, maybe his eighth-grade teacher or a teacher who has had him in the past – and I was really amazed with Patrick how well-rounded he was, whether it be athletics or yeah. academics or uh, student councils or, or those type of things.
1: His resume is longer than mine. <laughs> he, <laughs> has a,
0: he has a very good resume, but the one thing that resonated with him was, I think, his ability to connect with kids who maybe were struggling for whatever reason. Hmm. The, the kid who was sitting on the sideline when recess was going on. And I, I think Patrick seemed to have an intuitive uh, sense that maybe that person needed a helpful hand. And I, talking to his teachers, that was pretty common for him to go sit down with somebody. Gosh, what's going on? Oh, this is going on. Well, let me help you with that. And that was really uh, telling, I think, about his personality and what really drew me more to his story.
1: So he's a smart kid. He's been involved in mock trial, for example, but he's also an athletic kid. He's Mm -hmm. been involved in flag football and volleyball. Uh, I don't know if St. Seuss is any good at at all that. (laughs) I had been a principal for nine years. I I do know that uh, some of the kids in there in those programs, take it very seriously. Yes. The odds of having someone who is both athletically focused and academically focused is hard because it usually mm-hmm. takes uh, everything to do one or the other. Right. And so, um, Mr. Hassett is uh, a, a very interesting, rare individual indeed, especially if that then is in the end grounded in a personality that reaches out to his fellow struggling Catholic Christians in a school. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah. So this this particular article is not your first article, but it's your first article where faith was an important component. Correct. So let's go back over that again. This isn't then supposed to be just a one-off for you. What's the vision for what you want to do with this, say once a month or once every two months? or? Yeah,
0: I, I would love to have this turned into as many articles highlighting leadership in Catholic schools as we possibly can. That will obviously depend on the production schedule and and how the, the articles are received. But uh, we definitely are going to be doing a second one. That will almost take us to the end of the school year, so there might yeah. be a, a, a normal stopping point. But I'd love to start it back in September because there's tons of Patrick Hassett's out there in the, in there, the schools.
1: There are also some summer programs that are mm-hmm. very good, and it might be worthwhile looking at. Maybe not necessarily just an idea, maybe not necessarily any individual student, but maybe some of the people that go into um, organizing those programs, especially if there's a program that is using student volunteers. Some of that might be good yeah, too. Ab- absolutely. So your focus then as in, in the current uh, manifestation of life coaching is really multi layered and, mm-hmm. and part of it is really trying to look at bringing out what is best in Catholic faith amongst our youth in these this series of articles. Yes, absolutely. So um, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about what you have to say about not just Catholic youth, but also about people more my age uh, as we're heading into um, what we often re- refer to as the retirement years. And I understand the word retirement is is kind of a dirty word for you in some ways which we'll get into when we come back. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Mike Zinn, and we're talking about Catholic life coaching and how he has seen some interesting insights that might be of help to you. And you'll learn more about that when you come back, and we will be right now. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope on the Christ Cathedral campus where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Mike Zinn. And Mike is a life coach, and he has had a life that has been of coaching. (laughs) Uh, Literally, back when he was a younger man, he started off his career as a coach for basketball at the high school level and then the collegiate level. And then made the mistake of getting into administration, which launched him into an entrepreneurship career where he also did very well in that. And now he is taking some of that experience as a Catholic, as a teacher, as a coach, as an entrepreneur, and turning it into some guidance for people who are looking to improve the the path they're on. I take it most of the people you talk to aren't a mess. They're just in need of having some fine-tuning, or am I wrong? You know, it really, Rick, runs the gamut. And, of
0: course, you always have to be careful of how you define mess. But everybody's got a story, right, and everybody's got a backstory. And what I tell them is that they have a future. They have a positive future. And they just, in some cases, it's a slight tweak. In some cases, it might be a little bit more of an overhaul. But those who I I tell them, you know, I'm the right, I'm the person who asks the right questions and does the preparation, but they do the heavy lifting, which is what life is all about. You take control of your own destiny.
1: So this could be for someone coming out of 10 years in prison and wants to get back on track, but that's a little extreme for what you normally deal with, I would assume. Correct. Most of the time, this is people who are looking at making some sort of changes in their life. And rather than go through a midlife crisis, they're going to come see you. That is correct. Okay. Yeah. So if someone is coming into your world and they're looking at, say, hey, I'm about 50 years old and I am done doing what I had been doing before COVID, we're back into it, and uh, I can't do any any more of what I'm doing, I want to change. And then I want to be able to retire at 65 and, and be able to sail off to, to Mexico. What's your general reaction to someone generic like that? And I realize I'm setting you up for a generic response, but... Taking seriously, what do you do? I I assume that that's probably more in line with the type of person who might call you, is it? Yeah, many, many times that is. Somebody who's looking
0: for a change, somebody is kind of feeling in a rut, somebody who has a passion to do something different, whatever it might be, totally different maybe than their current job. But I always caution them. I said, you know, don't quit your day job if you have some things, let's work through that that plan. Let's do it kind of in a step-by-step process. The beauty of life now is it's society's set up to foster entrepreneurship and really launch people into second careers, that whole gig economy, people who develop their own side hustle, so to yeah. speak. And then that can do one of two things. That can just supplement what they're earning and maybe soften the edges of what they're currently doing and maybe make it not so uncomfortable or it can be pull off the band-aid and go full force and this is going to be my new career and maybe there isn't a retirement for them maybe there
1: is not a retirement a a traditional retirement okay so this sounds really depressing you're saying that you you will coach people into a non-retirement end-of-life plan did I put that negative enough? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Well, you follow where I would assume most people would go with this. Is, wait, I thought the whole goal of life was to reach your your happy resting time and go out and, and have some me time with at the, on the tennis court when you no longer have knees that can do it. Uh, <laughs> what do you say to people who are in that kind of a mindset? Well, I, I tell them, first thing I tell them is my view on
0: retirement is going to be diff- possibly different than theirs. Mine is is that I don't have a time for retirement. It's not in my vocabulary. It's not in my master plan. If they do, that's fine. If if they want to get to 65, take the, the gold watch and the piece of uh, stale sheet cake or whatever it is and have the little party in the office, that's great. But that's not me. And people who are a little bit like me, I just say, okay, well, where, where do you want to go with it? It could be about making money. It could be about service. Uh, the, obviously, the Catholic Church has got huge opportunities for people who want to yeah. be very, very busy in the latter years of their life.
1: Well, and some people, as they get older, they have their age-related difficulties, but even many of them are able to be overcome. We have a fairly elderly president right now, mm-hmm. and he's president of the United States. Yes. We have, I you know, you've mentioned in other writings, Clint Eastwood is in his 90s, and he still is actively engaged in Directing and producing movies yes. that are that are popular movies. Yes, I think you also have written about Warren Buffett, mm-hmm. um, who's also the same age as, as Clint. Yes, and still at, in at ninety one ish, operating his own his own multi billion dollar company. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, stock was up this last uh, yeah. week despite the market being down. I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but the bottom line is these are people who have never retired. Right. They they still have the bulls by the horns. But not everyone is cut out to continue doing exactly what they were doing before. So if we're looking at trying to fine-tune the retirement plan, what are some of those options that people might Mm -hmm. be looking at? If you were to take someone who is open to the idea that maybe I don't necessarily want to retire to Bermuda, maybe what Mm -hmm. I really want to do is continue in activity without necessarily being a Walmart greeter, nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. but. Wanting to do something substantive, what might be the checklist that you might go through? What What would you do? We're going to try to get some free pro bono work here out of you. Sure. Like.
0: Well, the first thing I do is sit down with people and and just through the normal series of questions is, what's your passion? You know, did you have something that you wanted to do but got waylaid and had to take a position maybe to take care of your family, and then you kind of got sucked in and you just it was too good to not. Stop and you just kind of kept going and you were kind of on a, uh, endless train, so to speak. So I try to find what, what they really like. What are their passions? Do they like service? Do they like to make more money? Do they like a combination of those? Do they like the concept of a family business? Is there, you know, they, everybody sits around their dinner table on a Sunday and talks about, gosh, what about a business maybe we could come up with, you know, because one of the family member, each of the family members have a different set of skill sets. So it's really about in my mind, what, what their passion is, what they're missing. Somebody told me this, and I use this ad nauseum. Don't be that guy or gal sitting on a bar stool at age 65 talking about what could have been.
1: Glory days. Yes.
0: <laughs> and and somebody else, it was somebody else's fault, and they, somebody didn't give you the opportunity. And so I'm, what I try to do is bridge the gap from where they're at and where they want to be. And make that a reality, help them make that a
1: reality. Do you have any examples of people that you've, obviously not naming names, but of how you have seen people make changes in their lives that have been meaningful for them?
0: Well, I know one gentleman in particular who has retired, and he's active, but his, he's obsessed with education, lifelong learning. Uh, which is also a Warren Buffett kind of hmm. mantra that he uses. So this particular gentleman, he is, just continues to go to classes, online classes, in per, whatever he can get, in person classes on some very kind of heavy subjects. Things that I would kind of step back from and say I don't want to do that when I'm twenty. <laughs> uh, so there, you know, again, that lifelong learning situation I think is 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 really telling. And somebody who just wants that constant learning, and and he, who knows, he he's mentioned to me. Gosh, now I kind of think I'd like to teach. Oh, you know. So, and there's, you know, I I tell him about the electric pro, elective program at Saint Cecilia that a lot of <laughs> of uh, senior-ish folks are involved in. If you want to
1: teach, there's there's opportunities. I, I can tell you that it's it, it is a wonderful thing to be able to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Having been a principal, I've seen people come back and want to get involved. Not necessarily, especially as they get older, they might have enough money or their, their mortgage is lower than a lot because it's been, it was taken out before the mm-hmm. interest rates went up, but they're able to therefore maybe either volunteer or work part time. Uh, I can't tell you how invaluable one individual was at my school where I taught where his wife actually had been a teacher and had been at that school many years before. She then went under the high school and then became a principal. But he had been working for the county and took retirement from the county only to then come contact me and say, you're not at my wife's school. <laughs> it's a school where, where my kids went years ago. Can I work for you? Part-time, couple hours a day. You got anything I can do? I said, Oh, have I got something for you? <laughs> We've got an aftercare program that we need a, a leader mm-hmm. for. This was a guy who had directed whole major programs for for a, a Southern California county, and he's in charge of my my aftercare program. But it was perfect for him, sure, because he had a retirement income that was coming in. Uh, his wife was working, so there was the, the money wasn't going to be an issue. He took minimum wage, Mm -hmm. and that was all he wanted to do. So that way he'd be an employee, but he got minimum wage on it. And he loved being able to work with the kids. And he was able to run that program until he left the same year that I did. Mm -hmm. And he had a a wonderful time doing it, I understand. Mm -hmm. He used to dress up uh, on different days. So when, when we'd get close to Abraham Lincoln's, he was a tall guy. So we'd have Abraham Lincoln walking around campus the last half of the uh, that's day. That's great. Uh, just some wonderful things that that uh, he was able to do that he would have probably never even thought of doing when he was thirty. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But he, now that he's in his fifties, he was able to do that. Yeah. that's kind of
0: where you're going with this. A- absolutely. I've got another good friend of mine who uh, worked in the same industry as I did, and he he bought a you know cobbled some money together and bought a bought a little rental property. He's turned that into, you know, uh, I wouldn't say it's a, a mega company, but he's now got quite a bit of rent, rental property and uh looks to flip houses and fix houses up. And it's turned into, you know, I was talking to him at one point. He says, I love doing this. This is, I wish I'd have learned this <laughs> earlier. I would have jumped into it earlier, but sometimes you can't because you can't, you're not in the right position to do it.
1: Well, and it is interesting because when you're young, life happens, yes. and it's amazing for young people that, to find out that things drive you in ways you didn't think they ever would. Mm-hmm. So when we start off into college, we often have very idealistic ideas about what we're going to do when we grow up, so to speak. And um, once we start into the treadmill of a career and get married and have children you now have responsibilities that kind of direct what you're going to do for the next 20 years if you only have one child. That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. And if you plan on having more than one child spaced every couple of years, you're now 35 years into responsibility. Sure. And this is kind of funny because when I would talk to parents who were finally leaving my school, if they had like five kids going through, which used to be a small family for Catholics, but anyway – They'd been there for 15 years, 20 years, 25 years at the school because their kids went through from kindergarten through eighth grade. From the time the youngest one began to the time the oldest one left, it was 25 years. Sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. and, and it just goes by in a, in a blink. But then once you are done with some of those immediate responsibilities and critical responsibilities – and believe me, as having three daughters that are still engaged in college work and stuff like that, it ain't over till it's over, folks. But, right. That's right. But nevertheless, you still begin – suddenly some, some time and focus frees up for some people. That's right. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about that, about how we can reimagine – what Christ might be calling us to do. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Mike Zinn, who is a Catholic life coach, and we'll talk about coaching your life just a little bit when we come back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Mike Zinn, and we're having a very interesting conversation about, well, frankly, restarting your life in some ways. Mike is a life coach. He's a Catholic life coach, and he actually comes now. I don't want to reveal your age, but you've got some gray hairs like I do. I would assume you're probably 55-ish to 60-ish, something like that. You're you're being very kind. (laughs) (laughs) So we've had some life experience. Yes. And... He started off as a coach in high school, then college, then got into administration, and then entrepreneurship, ran his own business, and then decided to kind of go into the direction, especially refocusing this as himself in the wake of COVID on life coaching. And he's been doing this for a while informally, but now more formally, and you've got your own shingle out there. But you've also got a blog, and you've been writing in the blog, and you've also published things for our own newspaper here in the diocese. We were just talking, in fact, a little bit about an article that you had published on an eighth grader at St. Cecilia's who was doing very well. But we've been talking this last round about people who are a little bit older in life who are looking at restarting. And I'm sure that we've got several people who are probably, you don't have to be older, but are probably looking at how do we change directions a little bit on what we do. I had mentioned last time that when you're younger and you get kind of into the, oh, I guess it's the rhythm of having children and a family and marriage and a job, things just kind of keep going. And what you thought might be only, oh, I'm going to delay graduate school for a year or two, it's 30. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Before you're able to look again. I was able to get a second master's by going online But then I had to wait until I made a decision in my 50s to look at going back to get my PhD. And I took the GRE and got a really good score. So I got very blessed in that. And Mm -hmm. now I'm finishing up my PhD. So I kind of did what you're advocating me do. You have written about the idea that you're not in favor generally of retirement. And in fact, you kind of say, hey, look, life is something that It's a precious commodity, and therefore you should use it, use it to its fullest. When you get into heaven, you want to come in skidding with skidding knees, and you call it skidding into heaven. You even wrote a little bit on the blog called Skidding into Heaven. What does that phrase mean to you? I think that uh, that means to me that you've been
0: given certain God-given talents some of those we uncover and utilize and do it for the betterment of others, and sometimes we, we don't for whatever reasons we 're afraid we 're you know just willing not willing to take that leap, but the flip side, three hundred and sixty degrees is at the end of that time that you go skidding into heaven and you are bumped up and banged up, but you have done what you wanted to do, and you 've done it you know you 've done it all you 've used up all your God-given talents and you can feel really good. There's no, gosh, I wish I could, could have done this or wow, didn't get a chance to do this. The opportunity is there. You mentioned, Rick, about uh, an online course uh, certification or, or degree course that you took. The internet, even though it's got some dark spots, has got for people wanting to do other things, It there's a plethora of Information and more is coming, and more is coming, and there's written and podcasts and things like we're doing here.
1: So the the things are out there for people, and initially it doesn't cost them a thing. You know, we're coming out of the COVID lockdown era, and one of the things we learned from from world wars is that while horrible that they are, they also are incubators Mm -hmm. for for great leaps in technology. So. What we saw coming out of World War II was huge leaps in technology on avionics and electronics and all sorts of different things. And what we've seen coming out of COVID are a lot of things online Mm -hmm. that have progressed tremendously. I don't think we're ever going to get rid of Zoom. One of the things I do with UCR is to work with some of the superintendents in the Inland Empire in a group called GIA. And every week, or excuse me, every month, uh, there are five subgroups that come together of these department chairs from across the Inland Empire, meaning from San Bernardino, Riverside, uh, out into the Coachella Valley. In order for them to come together, they all have to do it on Zoom. Sure. And so we spend an hour and a half discussing our corner of the aspects, whether it's financial aid or getting students coming back to college or whatever it might be. And the only way we would ever be able to have those meetings once a month with all that talent and all that high-powered intellectual activity is over things that really didn't exist practically before COVID. It was there, but no one knew how to really use it, take advantage of it, and probably would have been skeptical of it. Now we're able to do so much with it.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So it's a matter of looking at things that perhaps you hadn't even thought of two or three years ago isn't it yeah, absolutely and I and I think
0: taking that a step further you were talking about the technology that might come out of this uh, and advancements in that area I think just in general the whole entrepreneurship category is going to explode and I think when that happens then the economy gets better so that's a it's a positive thing
1: baking bread California is in the process of redoing their rules on Using your home kitchen for stable shelf life things, so that you can actually make more than $50,000 a year baking bread in your kitchen. Absolutely. I don't know if you heard about that. Yes, I had. It's story. <laughs> it it's a, it's it a great was an story. article that came out <laughs> a few days ago, but it was an interesting story. I have a friend who is a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. and when this rule first came through, and even though it had a $50,000 cap, well, that's fine for her. She's probably not going to have more than about twenty dollars or $30,000 in sales at most if she caught on. And here she is, a stay-at-home mom. Her kids that are, that are in school during the day give her a few hours where she's able to do her own bread baking. Sure. So that would have never been available a few years no. ago because now she can advertise online and do just about everything online except get the bread to you. Yes. That's the kind of thing you're, you're looking at, this marriage of technology and, and brick and mortar.
0: Yes, and all the great ideas that, that people have but didn't have an avenue. Or didn't you know didn't know how to start it, or the like you say rules and regulations held them back, so they just made their bread for family here and there and uh, but everybody said you ought to start your own business, yeah, but gosh, to start a bakery or a restaurant, we know is very, very
1: expensive well, and then, if you are going to do in California if you're going to do a commercial selling of prepared food that isn't stable, you have to use a commercial kitchen that 's right, they have them available where you can actually rent space or mm-hmm. lease space. In these, you'll, you'll, you'll literally lease like a three hour block of time two days a week or something like mm-hmm. that at these kitchens. It's horribly expensive. I've yes. got a, I've got a, a brother in law who has a catering company and that's what they have to mm-hmm. do. They're in the process of working out changes. I understand to that rule too. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are happening where I think people are beginning to wake up to the idea that if you want to empower people, and I don't care what political stripe you are, mm-hmm. empowering people, I think, Speaks across the spectrum. We might have different methods for doing it, sure. But how do we empower people? I think people are listening to that, mm-hmm. and empowering people, especially as we get older and want to make changes, is becoming very important. And we're now at an interesting time, as they yes. say, I "May mean, you live in interesting times." is a is a Chinese curse. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we live in interesting times. Yes. So, if you're looking at again talking to an individual who's coming to you, and they're they're wanting to to say, "Hey, I." I'm a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. What are my options? Mm-hmm. What might you say to her?
0: Well, I start off with everybody, at, at which I and I started off by doing their backstory. Tell me about your life. You know, don't leave anything out, and we go all the way back as far as they can go, and that's when you can kind of uncover some of these little hidden passions. Mm-hmm. If somebody would have done that with me, and I was maybe. In business, but I told them, "Gosh, I was the kid in the neighborhood who was always forming the teams."
1: Yeah.
0: That's those are the little nuggets I'm looking for. So then that becomes, "Oh, do you still think about that? Do you still cook? How do you do it?" You know, we kind of go through their process. Do you ever think that? Do you ever think that's uh, something you could do? And if they give me the inkling, then we start diving into business plans and mission statements and you know how to how to brand it, uh, how to brand this out to to. Potential customers and that type of thing.
1: So, if we're looking at a Catholic, you were talking about skidding into heaven. Mm-hmm. How does this tie in spiritually for you? Where do you see God calling people through what you do? Yeah, great question. And I wish I was uh, holy
0: enough to actually answer that, <laughs> but I can just use my own experience and and my own kind of vision. As I I think that God comes to me every day and puts things in front of me. And sometimes I see them, and probably sometimes I don't. You know, it could have been something as simple as reaching out to you folks to see if we could get this this word out on Patrick Hassett and leadership in schools. I think those are put in front of people. We all know that everybody's got free will, and sometimes they don't accept those or they don't act on those. But that that's how it, for me, is, and i got to believe it's the same with other people, and maybe I try if you know a lot of my my clients are have no faith at all, mm-hmm. but the ones that I sense they do, I try to try to run with that a little bit.
1: I look at uh some people i hate to to bring him up as an example, but my wife and I had some interesting conversations when Donald Trump first started mm-hmm. running for office. And I remember asking her, what do you think his real motivation is? Let's assume for a moment he isn't a megalomaniac. He's not really trying to take over the world. This is like 2016 when he first Mm -hmm. was was involved with this. 2015 when I think he came down the escalator. Why do you think he's doing it? And her comment was, he's an old man who wants to get to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) And he's already done what he wants to do with his business world. Now Mm -hmm. he wants to go ahead and and try to give back to the country. I, I don't think... Everyone on the Democratic party side, not not to to get political about any of this, but I don't think they agreed with that, but it was an interesting insight I thought my wife had mm-hmm. that she could see that as we get older, we might have lots of successes in our lives. now it's time to go do something else, and it's not Absolutely. time to stop it's time to shift that's right, and so shifting gears can mean how do I give back so, as you put it, that you could go work at a Catholic school. Uh, St. Cecilia's, for example, Mm -hmm. is accepting applications right now for volunteers who want to help with whatever there might be out there. That's right. As are all parishes. Uh, You need to get life scanned if you're going to work with kids. But anyway, bottom line is there's so much out there that people can do if they want to make a change even late in life, if they want to skid into heaven, so to speak.
0: Absolutely. It's amazing sometimes that people don't understand. What they, the resources they have. Cause a lot of times I'll go through the process with somebody and then I'll say, okay, when we meet next, I'm going to have a list of things. And that list of things may be anything from opportunities based on what they've said that they might get into. It might be a single gentleman who would like to, you know, join other singles groups and he might be of a particular, uh, ethnic background. So I'll research that uh, you know, for him and say, hey, here's some things you can go to. Now the ball's in your court. The heavy lifting is yours. Here's the opportunity.
1: Here's an opportunity for you to do something really worthwhile, mm-hmm. you, especially if you worked your whole life where what you did was good. It wasn't bad. Uh, you worked for a vitamin company. Well, that's mm-hmm. a good thing. It's sure. not a bad thing. But now you've got an opportunity maybe to do something even better, more focused. Let me come back. We've got one last opportunity. I'd like to go a little more practical. Mm -hmm. I'd like you to list out for us some of the the practical steps that people can do in order to take advantage of some of these things that are out there, assuming we have a 30-year-old who wants to restart, a 50-year-old who wants to restart, and a 70-year-old who wants to restart. Okay. But what would we do with those people? You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Mike Zinn, who has been talking about how we should skid our way into heaven, taking advantage of every kind of opportunity to live out our lives fully, and that includes sometimes reinventing yourself, because he is a Catholic life coach, and we will be right back. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today has been Mike Zinn. And before I go any further, because we've got one more segment, but I don't want to forget to thank you so very much, Mike, for coming in here. Mike is a life coach, and he's a Catholic life coach, who has quite a life, starting with coaching. And he has been sharing with us um, some insights and some practicalities on how we might start to think about revisiting our life. We'll give some information out on how people can can look at your website and your blog a little bit to later in this segment. But you also have articles that you are in the process of writing and Mm -hmm. have written for the the Orange County Catholic newspaper. So I'm glad you were able to come on here and I'm so glad that you're willing to give of yourself to those of our listening audience who are listening for free and to those who get to read your blog for free and for those who are able to read from you, and I thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's a great, great
0: opportunity to get to know you and uh, to hopefully reach some other folks.
1: Mike, I want to go ahead and run you through your paces. We've got um, a 30-year-old, a 50-year-old, and a 70-year-old who's coming to you. Uh, you assign whatever, whether they're male or female, and how you want to tackle this. A uh, 30-year-old comes up to you and wants to... Not real thrilled with how their degree in business has left them into a company that they've been with now for seven years. They're done. What would you do in order to try to get this person to start rethinking constructively? Practically, what would you do?
0: Well, the the first thing I would do is, and I mentioned it previously, we, we go through a consultation and we go through, uh, they, they get to know about me, what I'm all about what my practice is about, and then they get to tell their backstory. So I've got a pretty good amount of information on them. Usually at the end of that session, they do a homework assignment. Okay. And I'm a big believer in accountability. And if somebody is not going to be accountable and do the things that I ask them to do, because they're not going to be major things, it's going to take them a little bit of time, but it's not, not major, is I give them a piece of paper with a tombstone written on it.
1: Okay,
0: and and I tell them I said that's you know normally kind of a morbid discussion. Not your pizza? What y- do you want y- on your tombstone? Y- yes. <laughs> so I tell them fill that tombstone in of how you would like other people to remember you by, realizing that it, you're going to write much more detail than ever could be on a tombstone, but that's okay. Fill fill the page up and go on the back if you want.
1: Not to get sidetracked, but my my favorite was Mel Blanc who put on his. That's all, folks. He was the voice of Porky Pig. That's right. Anyway, sorry. No, no, no. Sidelining there. (laughs) Uh, So we do
0: that. And then that's the first thing we we discuss. And so it it can be pretty varied on what, you know, I want to be known as a good husband or wife, a good father, you know, whatever it might be. But But it
1: forces you to kind of step back. It steps back. How do you see your life in a nutshell?
0: Absolutely. When it all comes to the end, and what is it going to say? What do you want people to remember you by? And so that can kind of form the beginnings of a little process that I start, stop, started Excuse me, that has got my own name that isn't trademarked, but I just use it. I call it the system. Okay. And the system is to use whatever challenge they have in life. Okay. And that starts with journaling. I'm a big believer in journaling okay. in the morning. And that could be anything from their... They're grateful for to planning their day to a challenge they might be coming up with. And then I tell them to visualize that. And we go through a whole visualization thing, even to the point of creating a vision board. Okay. And then we go to what are your goals? What, what do you want to accomplish immediately? And what would you like to accomplish that maybe is on that tombstone? And then just having the goals there with no action steps is, is useless. So let's put the action. Hope is steps. not a plan. Yeah. Yes and so that starts to form their the core of their program of what they want to be and we can get then really specific of i want to be a baker hey. or i want to be a photographer I, I i would i love writing i want to somehow pursue that so once i have that little inkling then i can re, we can really drill down to hey, what here's, do you need to do that what do you need and here's some sites where you can you can get published, and, and it doesn't cost you anything, or you can write on this site, or you can look for a part-time side hustle doing writing. You can write your own blog. doesn't cost anything to do that. So we start getting real specific, but it starts kind of with the tombstone, then goes to the system that I call it of uh, journaling, visualization, goal-setting, action steps, and then we keep accountability in there. We keep going back to that, okay. and that kind of now is there. It forms there. It's kind of like their personal business plan as they go forward.
1: If you were 50, and I take it to have the same basic idea, Absolutely. Yeah. would there be differences? Because now you're kind of in that midlife era where yeah. you may have actually had some successes, but now it's not so much that you're ready to just throw everything out, but you want to transition.
0: The difference is is that the timeline compresses. And that isn't meant to be, oh my gosh, I gotta hurry and just, you know, do all this stuff, but it kind of means I have to hurry and do all this stuff. I can't procrastinate. I can't, I need to look at my time management. I need to look at my time bandits where I'm spending time that isn't probably very good and really focus in on the things that I love doing so the time isn't wasted. Wasted and it's not an uncomfortable time. It's what you
1: are saying here on the paper that you want, you know, you want to do. So someone in their 50s is going to be looking at the exact same type of planning procedures and tombstone type thing, but now we're looking at, okay, we've got some serious time constraints that may be in play here, so we Mm -hmm. need to look at them, but you're not too old to do just about anything. That's right. I I remember meeting with the professor who is now on my committee for my dissertation. I met uh, when I was in my mid-50s, and it's early mid-50s, And ask, am I too late on this? You're a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. We've got got so many. And remember, once you get it, no one can force you to retire. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) right. That's right. You control your destiny. You
1: do. You do. And that's so important. Okay. So someone who then comes in at 70, they've probably had some successes and failures in life. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily broke. They're just looking at wanting to do something with their time, effort, energy. What would you do with them? Well,
0: I, I'll use, go back to the example of the gentleman that I told you that I worked with in, in uh, another industry. And he's not quite 70, but he's he's approaching it. Okay. And so he took a little thing that he was doing. It wasn't, it wasn't little, but he had a rental property. Yeah. And so he just, he didn't have to reevaluate anything. He just said, I'm going to broaden that out. So sometimes it's just that little small thing that you're doing and you just broaden that out a little bit. Instead of just letting it kind of go away and be uh inheritance to your kids or or what whatever, whatever it might be, same principles are involved. the time frame compresses even more, but as you said you're never it's never too late I, I think in society twenty years ago, people would say, "Oh you're too old to do that what do you what are you thinking about which which brings me to one thing that I want to make sure that I mentioned for all the people who are married, you need a supportive partner. So if the wife isn't supportive or the husband isn't supportive uh, of the person starting something or realizing their goals, it's going to be tough sledding. I'm, I'm lucky to have a wife who is yeah. pushing me from behind and supporting even some harebrained entrepreneurial ideas that I've had. Uh, she may dial me back every once in a while, but she doesn't tamp me down. She doesn't throw water on it. And I think that's really important. And it becomes even more important as somebody gets a little bit older because again the time frame compresses
1: i 'm so proud of my wife right now she's she 's actually this week on a business trip. she had spent thirty years in the same company she started with at a college doing uh, microbiological work, and they were downsizing and so she took the golden parachute mm-hmm. She is doing extremely well in an online master's program in and she's been hired to do this consulting type work. Mm-hmm. And it's brand new for her. It's a whole different direction in some ways. But it's she's so thrilled to be able to do this. But I can honestly say if she didn't have her husband Rudi a garage, it would be harder. <laughs> it would sure. be a lot harder. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So in the end, we're talking about not only are you never too old, well, God gave you a life to be able to use use it well in order to accomplish things, not only for yourself, but for the people around you, too. Mike, I want to thank you so very much for coming in. If people want thank to you. find out more information from you about you, about your blog, about where they might find more information, how might they contact you?
0: Real easy website, Rick uh, life coaching by mikezin.com all lowercase. So. so Life Coaching By Mike Zinn. By Mike Zinn and it's Z I N N. Correct. And it's got contact information, it's uh it's got services, uh things that, that I do, types of
1: uh areas that I, I work with people on. Catholics don't think about retirement the way that you were brought up. <laughs> think about transitioning and doing something fulfilling that Jesus may want you to do in the end. Well, Mike, I want to thank you again for coming in. Thank you. And they can go to life coaching. By MikeZinn.com, Z-I-N-N. Correct. And, um, in the meantime, uh, I'm sure that everyone is, would appreciate having one last little prayer on the way out. Mike, would you mind leading us through a, a word of prayer?
0: Absolutely. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity to speak with Rick today about some really important subjects. Leadership in Catholic schools, the need for that. What we can do to try to recognize that so that that becomes more a part of all of our, our schools across our, not only our diocese, but others. Thank you also for the opportunity to talk a little bit about doing God's will throughout your entire life and after traditional retirement age to find some other ways that you can use all of the God given skills that you have to help others, to help your family, and to make you feel better about yourself and, and your life. In God's name we pray, name of the Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen.
1: Mike, I want to thank you for coming in and reminding everybody that God has given you a life till its very end and you're to make as much use of it as possible, whether that's to volunteer at a school or to do something totally different to accomplish a little more of what God may have put in your way to do in your life. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today has been Mike Zinn. And if you like this broadcast, you can share it with others by going to occatholic.com. And at occatholic.com, you can go to the radio tab where you can scroll down. We have several different radio programs that, uh, the Diocese of Orange either produces or is affiliated with. Of course, the flagship show, The Very Best of the Best. My producer's giving me a look. The very best (laughs) it's a nice look. The very best of the best is Orange County Catholic Radio. And you can tap there and you can look at all of the broadcasts that we've done going back years. I've been doing this for five years. There's a couple of hundred of them there. You can look at this last one and it will have it will be up in a couple of days after its initial broadcast. And you can share this with a friend. On behalf of all of us at Orange County Catholic Radio, I want to thank you for listening and we will see you again next week.